Kicking off our National League West farm system previews, the Los Angeles Dodgers went 111-51 last year and also have probably the best 1-10 through 10 of any farm system in baseball. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the number one sports book of the NFL, and the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So when you look at the Los Angeles Dodgers, Uh, They have a very good farm system, and there's a common misconception amongst fans, watchers of baseball, that they have a very good farm system because the Dodgers have the financial resources to sign the players they need in free agency, and they don't have to make the trades to get the guys. And I think one of the points of clarification here is they have a very good farm system because they are very good at scouting and developing and drafting players. The quantity, how deep the system is, is partially a byproduct of the fact that they don't have to make so many of the trades like a lot of other contenders do to fill holes on the roster because of their financial resources. But this is a very good system when it comes to scouting and drafting and developing players. And like I said in the open, probably the best 1 through 10 of any system in baseball. If you look at like the top two, Yes, the Orioles probably have a better top two in Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez. If you look at like the top four, the Diamondbacks probably have a better top four. But even just the top six, the Dodgers are probably the best in baseball. I extend all of the way out, the top six, the top eight, the top ten, the Dodgers are pretty much the best. So the number one prospect in this system, widely regarded to be catcher Diego Cartaya. Uh, 2018 IFA, 6'3", 220 got in 95 games between A-ball and high A last year. 254, 389, 503 slugging, 22 home runs at the age of 20, uh, 45 extra base hits, 63 walks to 119 strikeouts, exactly one of one on stolen bases. A couple things to know here. Offensively, first, let's talk about what he does well. Uh, the power is real, probably 70 grade power, and it's to all fields. It's not something where he has to pull everything. I mean, he can he can hit home runs from foul pole to foul pole. He's very good with velocity. He's very good with breaking stuff, and he's very good at meeting the challenge. I think he homered off of Blake Snell during a rehab start. Like he's very good at I'm going to win this individual matchup in front of me. Uh, He does struggle a bit with the length of his swing. It's a longer swing, and so you can get him uh, to strike out, and he's a little bit streaky in that regard. But he's very good at recognizing pitches and not chasing. Very good with drawing walks. And so even if he does have a streak where his bat isn't as crisp, he's still going to have a high on-base percentage. And when he gets a hittable pitch... He's going to put it in the seats. The issue that you're working on here is 
defensively. When he was younger, uh, we were looking at him as a plus defender. As he's physically gotten bigger, again, he's about 6'3", 220, he slowed down a bit, and the athleticism has started to come back a little bit. So he doesn't necessarily have the best receiving and blocking skills. He had 93 wild pitches in 2022. Now, uh, the low A rotation for the Dodgers was very wild. So that's not all his fault. But 93 wild pitches and 11 pass balls uh, kind of lends itself to be a, yes, defensively he has issues. He was a little bit rusty early in the year. Uh, He was fatigued by the end of it. It was a long year. It was almost 100 games. But needs to do the work blocking, needs to do the work on receiving, and right now the projection is below average defense. The arm is plus, which is great, and a lot of the intangible stuff is there. Uh, he's he's bilingual, he's learned English and Spanish, he's really good at calling games, uh, getting the sequencing, keeping the pitchers in, in sync, really good with all of that stuff. It's just the mechanics of blocking, receiving, you know, picking balls in the dirt, things like that. Now, the good thing is you have Will Smith, Will Smith is a very good catcher, a top five catcher in baseball. So you have time for Diego Cartaya to work on this stuff. Uh, and the, the bat has him looking as like a guy who could be in the middle of the lineup hitting 25 or 30 home runs with a high batting average. You're willing to wait on the defense because the offense is going to be so good. But you are going to have to wait because it's going to take a little bit of work to get that offense or to get that defense where you need it. The number two prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Bobby Miller, 6'5", 220, 2021st rounder out of Louisville. Got 24 games last year between AA and AAA, 23 starts. He had one rehab, uh, one relief appearance in Tulsa. 4.25 ERA and 112 and a third innings pitched, 145 strikeouts, so 11.6 per nine, to 37 walks, right on three walks per nine, Gave up 12 home runs. The stuff is very, very good. The fastball is a 70-grade fastball. Sits high 90s. 97 to 99 can touch 101. He also has a two-seamer as well. Uh, The two-seamer is 97 to 100. So you have a four-seamer that, not overwhelming movement, but great velocity. You have a two-seamer with some good movement to it, but also really good velocity. The slider, probably a 70-grade slider. Uh, sits in the upper 80s, has a lot of like late movement to it, so it kind of darts away from your bat. And then a changeup that is plus. Uh, it sits in the high, eight, the high 80s, 87, 89 or so. And another vertical breaking pitch. Uh, and then big sweepy kind of curveball, probably an average pitch, uh, sits in the low 80s. He's really good at throwing these things for strikes. The thing he has to work on is the sequencing and understanding when to use which pitch. Obviously something the catchers can help with, but just kind of the game-calling aspect of it. If he can work that out, his ceiling is potentially a number one pitcher in baseball. But that's obviously, he's 23 years old, that's something he has to figure out, and it just takes reps to get comfortable throwing, okay, this is a, uh, a count I can throw my changeup in, or this, that, or the other. Uh, number three prospect in this system, third baseman Miguel Vargas. 
2017 IFA out of Cuba, 6'3", 205. Got 113 games in AAA last year, and then a brief cup of coffee in the bigs. But in AAA, 304, 504, 5'11". There's that 300, 400, 500 slash line we talk about that makes a dude. 17 home runs, 53 extra base hits, 71 walks to 76 strikeouts, and 16 to 21 on stolen bases. So what he does well, uh, the contact ability is phenomenal. I keep going back and forth between 65 grade and a 70 grade. He has a very quick, uh, direct swing, covers the entire plate. Uh, it's, It's really hard to find a weak spot in his, like, on the plate where he really can't get to. Uh, he can, he's gotten better at turning on something on the inner half and pull and pulling it, but his natural swing has kind of put the ball into right center. Uh, the, the raw power is not amazing. And so he's probably going to be right around 20 home runs at his peak, but he's going to do that with a 280, with a 290. He's going to put up 30 or 40 doubles to go along with it. It's a very valuable profile. It reminds me, Again, not doing comparisons, but can, like the game that he has reminds me a lot of like a Yuli Gurriel. It's a, it's a not a ton of home runs, but enough home runs with a very high on base percentage. Defensively, this is where you have a work in progress. Uh, he's he's done a lot of work on conditioning. He's now a plus runner, but despite that, the defense is not great at third base. Uh, the the hands aren't necessarily great. The glove's not great. The throwing accuracy isn't really fantastic. They've tried him at first base. They've tried him at second base. They've tried him some at left field. And it's a question of where can you get him in the lineup where he doesn't hurt you more than he helps you offensively. So trying to figure that out, I do think he'll end up in the infield, and I do think there's a chance he ends up at third base. From what I've heard, he's done a lot of work in this offseason, so I think he'll be at third base. But either way, probably going to cap out about a 40, maybe a 45 defense on the infield. But if he hits up to his potential, you'll take it, you'll be happy with it. Number four prospect in the system, second baseman Michael Bush. 2019 first rounder out of University of North Carolina. Got 142 games in the minors between AA and AAA, so Tulsa and Oklahoma City. 274, 365, 516, 32 home runs, 70 extra base hits in 142 games. 70 extra, almost one every other game. 74 walks to 167 strikeouts and 4 of 6 on stolen bases. Offensively, very, very good plate discipline. It is very hard to get him to chase. It is very hard to to get him out without throwing strikes. You have to throw strikes to Michael Bush. Now, that being said, 167 strikeouts, if you throw a a good pitch, you can get him out. Uh, He's susceptible to fastballs up in the zone. Uh, There's times when he he trusts his batting eye a little bit too much. And you can paint something and get him on a, on a strikeout looking. But he's getting better with that. The power, I think, is going to end up being plus. Uh, runs really well. Not necessarily foul pole to foul pole. More so of left center gap to right center gap. But it's very good power. 
out of a really short swing uh, and just a natural loft to the ball. Uh, defensively, another guy where you've got some work in progress to make. He was a first baseman in college. He's now a second baseman. Running The speed is fringe to average. The arm is below average. But I think he's playable. I mentioned on Monday's show when I'm watching defenders, I want to see, do they look like it's easy for them to make the plays? It does not look like it's easy for Michael Bush to make the plays, but he makes the plays. So I think defensively, he is good enough to play at second base. He's playable. Uh, It's actually rather reminiscent, again, not doing a comparison, but like a stylistic thing. It's really reminiscent of watching Max Muncy sometimes, where... Yeah, he can get by at second base. The bat absolutely plays. Would he be better somewhere else? Probably, but you can get him done at second base. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. There is some uh, very interesting pitching prospects with some very high ceilings. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If like I am leaving for a trip and uh, something that I take with me every time I go anywhere, like whether it's the ballpark, whether it's on a plane, whether it's on a car trip, whatever, is I take Built Bars with me because they're healthy. Like, you like to snack when you're in the car uh, or when you're traveling, but 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, it's healthy for you. 17 grams of protein, it keeps you full. So, like, the protein helps you from being hungry throughout the day. As you're snacking in the car, you can settle for one Built Bar instead of a candy bar, and a bag of M&Ms or Skittles or whatever it might be, and some chips and some popcorn, and keep going. The protein keeps you satiated. It tastes really good because each built Bar is 100% real chocolate. And the flavors, fantastic. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, whatever it is. You can go to built.com and check out all of the flavors. And then while you're traveling, if you want to grab some built Bars to leave in your car, your backpack, whatever it is, stop by a Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab a 4 bar, box of cookies and cream, of double chocolate, or of coconut puff. Or if you're near Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter and churro. It's the best way to do a road trip. The state of the pitching in the Dodger system is very good, except for the fact that I don't necessarily know where the lefties are. So, uh, I like a lot of these pitchers. Bobby Miller, obviously we already talked about him. Uh, a well-regarded pitcher in this system, Ryan Pepio, 2019 third rounder out of Butler, 6'3", 215, got 19 games in the minors last year, seven starts, had a 2.56 ERA in 91 in the third innings, 114 strikeouts, so 11.2 per nine, to 36 walks, 3.5 per nine, 10 home runs allowed. Also got in nine MLB games, seven of those were starts, 3.47 ERA in 36 in the third innings. 42 strikeouts, so 10.4, to 27 walks, 6.69. A little bit of an issue there. Six home runs allowed. So, the story behind Ryan Pepio, uh, the fastball is a 70-grade fastball. Sits 94, can touch 98. Really hard run to the arm side. So, very good at at moving away from where you think it's going to go. The changeup sits in the upper 80s and has a lot of late dive to it. So just darts underneath your bat. The slider's kind of average, low to mid-80s, 84, 85, 86. Uh, has a lot of like horizontal sweep to it, kind of like the Yankees sliders. Works really well down in the zone. So the issues here 
And I think what's kind of keeping Ryan Pepio from being the next level of guy, there's two main things. The first one is the fastball command. He's gotten better with it. He's, you know, he, he, he's gotten better at knowing where it's going to go, but st- it's still a work in progress. You still got to work on the fastball command. I feel like it's, it's something where it should be rather easy, and for some reason he can improve one pitch at a time. The changeup used to be like elite level, and now it's just a plus because he spent so much time working on the slider, adding the sweep and stuff to it. So it's getting all of the pitches to improve, versus focusing on one and specifically getting the fastball command a little better. And then it's working a little deeper in the games. He tends to, he'll throw enough strikes to make it through four, maybe five innings, and he has to give it to the bullpen. And so the question of can he find a way to get into that third time through the order, uh, it's just something he has to work on. Uh, My favorite pitcher in this system as far as like the top prospects and the guy who would probably be uh, the number one pitcher in this system under different circumstances over Ryan Pepio is Gavin Stone. 2025th rounder out of Arkansas. Got 26 games between high A, double A, and triple A last year. 25 of those were starts. 148 ERA in 121 and two-thirds innings. 168 strikeouts, so 12.4 per nine, to 44 walks, 3.3 per nine, three home runs allowed. He's 6'1", 175. And I think if you give Gavin Stone the body, the frame of Orion Pepio, if you put him at 6'3", 215 or so, you're looking at Gavin Stone as right behind Bobby Miller in this system as far as top pitching prospects are concerned. Uh, fantastic control, great at locating everything. And I think that's a skill that we don't always give guys the proper credit for. So the fastball was a plus fastball, sits... Mid to upper 90s, 90, 95, 96. I've seen it up as high as 98. Again, very good at spotting that anywhere he wants to put it. Like he can paint it. He can leave it middle, middle. He can take it up. He can take it down wherever he wants to put it. The changeup is a 70 grade pitch. Uh, it is sits mid to upper 80s, 84 to 87. Again, has that late diving life. A lot of the, I feel like a lot of the Dodgers pitchers like to have those those change-ups just dart underneath your bat last second. Uh, the slider, above average, mid-80s, also a vertical breaker, which normally would concern me a little bit when you look at the, you know, the change-up and the slider having similar movement profiles, but there's different amounts of movement, uh, different velocities, so it kind of works out. And then the curveball, eh, it's close to average, probably a 45 right now, sits high 70s to low 80s. He can throw it for a strike. And that is the big thing. So the control, like I mentioned, plus, and despite the physical limitations, most people would assume being 6'1", 175, he can hold the velocity and the stamina pretty deep into starts. And so I think it's just a matter of he hasn't done it enough for people to overlook the stature and say, no, no, Gavin Stone's a dude. He can do this. And so I look for him to probably start back off at AAA again next year but he absolutely will have a chance to come to the bigs. Uh, fantastic stuff. Again, of the, the, you know, the, the, the mid-range pitching prospects in the system, he's one of my favorite. Uh, the third pitcher I want to make sure I mention, Nick Nastrini, uh, right-hand pitcher out of UCLA, 2021 fourth rounder, 6'3", 215, a lot of big boys in the system. 27 games between high A and double A, 393 in ERA, 
and 116 and two-thirds innings. 169 strikeouts, so 13 strikeouts per nine, to 55 walks, 4.2 per nine, and 17 home runs allowed. Fastball is somewhere between a 60 and a 70, so I get 65. Sits 95, touches 98, has really good ride up in the zone. Uh, slider is a vertical breaking slider in the mid-80s. It's, it's solidly above average. Uh, Change-up's kind of average in the mid-80s. And then a power curveball, it's kind of newer. It sits in the low 80s. Uh, the issue is his mechanics are very good, but almost to a fault. He's very methodical with the delivery and everything that he's doing. Uh, gives you issues in the running game. Also gives you issues when he gets sped up, whether it's a pitch clock, whether it's uh, runners on, different things like that. If he can just kind of work quickly and let the fact that he is athletic, he's a just he's a natural athlete, he seems to do a little bit better. And so it's something where maybe you talk to him about, hey, we're going to go from the stretch, even if we don't have to, versus the windup. Again, it's a really good delivery. He's just very methodical, and it's a kind of a time-consuming windup. And because of that, the tempo, the mechanics are a little bit off, and the control isn't quite there. I mentioned the, like, the lack of left-handed pitchers. When you're kind of like doing a stack ranking and looking at the tiers, you have to get into the 20s before you get to some left-handed pitchers. There's a couple of them. Maddox Bruns, I've got around 21 or 22. Ronan Kopp. You get into the 30s, Kyle Hurt, Justin Wobleski. Like there's, there's multiple guys, but there's just no top prospects that are lefties. And for a team that has Clayton Kershaw, who some people see as a generational talent as a left-handed pitcher, it just feels kind of weird that there's no real notable lefty pitching prospects in the top half of the top 30. Always thought that was a little bit strange. In just a minute, I, I want to give away some superlatives of this system. Uh, guys we've talked about on the show before, a really interesting breakout candidate who wasn't even on a lot of top 30s last year. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our, fan, our friends at FanDuel. We're really excited about having FanDuel as our new sports betting partner because it's number one sportsbook in America. And they have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app now. If you want to bet on football, you can. That's coming up this Sunday, Super Bowl 57. They have a no sweat first bet option. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet everything from the money line, point spreads, who will score a touchdown, all of that stuff. But for Dodgers fans, I took a bunch of notes because there are Dodgers all over the FanDuel odds. So National League team with the best odds to win the World Series, Mets and Dodgers are tied at plus 750. Right behind them is the Padres and the Braves at plus 1,000. But individual awards. Uh, MVP, second best odds in the National League, Mookie Betts, plus 850. Ninth best odds, Freddie Freeman, plus 1,300. Also on the board, Max Muncy and Will Smith at plus 15,000. Four guys on the MVP board. Cy Young, four guys on the board. Julio Urias tied for 10th at plus 2,000. Clayton Kershaw, plus 5,000. Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin, the Catman, plus 6,000. Looking at these prospects, you're a prospect person if you listen to this podcast. There are uh, six prospects on the National League Rookie of the Year uh, board. Tied for second in odds is Miguel Vargas at plus 750. Bobby Miller at plus 2,000. Michael Bush at plus 3,000. Ryan Pepio plus 6,500. 
And then Andy Pages and Gavin Stone at plus 12,000. We've talked about Gavin Stone. We'll talk about Andy Pages in just a minute. So uh, there are plenty of options if you were a Dodgers fan and you want to do some betting with FanDuel. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 or on any of these MLB futures that are out there. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, speaking of Andy Pages, we're going to give superlatives. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. That is practically written for Andy Pages. So 2018 IFA out of Cuba, 6'1", 190 or so. 132 games in AA last year. 236, 336, 468. 26 home runs. 52 extra base hits, 62 walks to 140 strikeouts, 6 and 9 on stolen bases. The power is legitimate 70 grade. It is enormous power. He can put a ball out to any field. It doesn't matter if it's down either foul pole, the alley, dead center, whatever. He can do it. He's going to hit it over your scoreboard. He's going to put it through your batter's eye. It is insane. Uh, So many of these home runs feel like he hits them in a clutch situation, he hits it in the ninth, he hits it in extras. It's ridiculous. He's going to be a 30 home run hitter in the bigs when he gets there. Now, with that, you have some offensive questions. Probably a 40 grade hit tool. Uh, he has a he has like a really kind of uppercut swing. And so, fastballs up in the zone can get by him. He can, he'll chase sliders off the plate. It's a pitch recognition thing. And so... He's worked on getting better with that, but I think at best he's going to cap out as a below average hitter. You're looking at a guy who's going to bat 220, 230. He'll hit 30 home runs, but he's going to bat 220, 230. Uh, He used to be closer to average, maybe a tick below average on speed, but as he's gotten a little bit older and he's added some strength and added some weight, he's slowed down. Now, he's got really good reads, routes, reactions in right field, so I still think he's an average defender, but he's probably a 30 speed as far as actual foot speed. Massive arm, cannon for an arm, probably the best arm in this system as far as outfielders go. 70 grade arm, not the most accurate arm. He's gotten a little bit better with it recently, but the whole profile, again, not a comp in the traditional sense, but stylistically who he reminds me of, Yasiel Puig. Uh, you know, a, a Cuban outfielder with massive power and a huge but inaccurate arm. And it, 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 I feel like it fits really well. I think he could debut this year. He'll start off at AAA depending on how he does. It could be earlier. It could be later. Also depends on what happens in the outfield. Obviously, you have Mookie Betts. You'll have James Altman, who we'll talk about later. You'll have Chris Taylor. Lots of different options out there. Uh, the breakout prospect in this system, right-handed pitcher, Emmett Sheehan, 2021 six-rounder out of Boston College, 6'5", 220, has good size, and like I said earlier, wasn't in a lot of top 30 lists to open 2022 or even to end 2022. Got 20 games between high A and double A. 14 of those were starts. It was a workload thing. 291 ERA in 68 innings pitch with 106 strikeouts, so 14 strikeouts per nine, to 31 walks, 4.1 per nine, three home runs allowed. So all of this is like his best pitch is a is a fastball and it's somewhere between 
a 60 and a 70 grade. It sits 95 to 98, touches 99, has a ton of deception. So when he got in college, he dropped, when he got in the pros, he dropped his slot. And so now he gets, it's coming out of a low slot, you know, and gets a lot of carry up in the zone, like a ridiculous amount of carry. Also has about 15, 13 to 15 inches of horizontal break. So it becomes a very, very difficult pitch to hit. I heard an interview with him recently where he was talking about uh, it was something that they suggested. He dropped it and the thing just took off and he never really understood why until they explained to him. He always knew the fastball was good up in the zone, but with the lower slot, it's even deadlier. Uh, to go along with that, he's got a changeup that I think is a 70 grade changeup. When it's on, it's pretty inconsistent. But when it's on, high 70s, 78 to 81, really good sync to it. So there's a vertical component to that to go along with the horizontal component on the fastball. Uh, he has a curveball that's below average. The, the, the shape, it's kind of a lazy curve. And it's not that, I mean, it's, it's, the movement's not very aggressive. It's a, it's kind of, doesn't really have a lot of snap or like quick bite to it. It's just a lazy curve. But he added a gyro slider somewhat recently. Sits high 80s, 87 to 89. Uh, and he called it bullet spin, but that is what a gyro slider is. Kind of fills that role velocity-wise between the changeup and the fastball. Because he has a lot of separation velocity-wise between the fastball and the changeup. Again, changeup is high 70s, maybe maybe 80, 81. The fastball is mid to upper 90s. So the, slide, the gyro slider fits right in the middle of that. Gives him a little bit of a different movement profile, but gives him a, like, fills the gap in velocities. So if he can work on the fastball command, which, easier said than done, I know, but, <laughs> and then get a little bit better movement on the curveball, and it, it doesn't have to move anymore as far as uh, horizontal or vertical, it just has to, it's when it moves. It's a really slow movement, and it needs to be a, like sharper later movement, so it's harder to react to. But two small tweaks. He's already made the one tweak with the arm slot. He's already added the, the slider. If he can do a little bit more, I think he could absolutely take off. Definitely not only be in, in top 30s, be in the top half of top 30s, and have a decent chance, if he does all of those things, of being a top 10 prospect in this system by the end of the year, probably with a help, some help from some graduations as well. Best outfield defender in this system to me is James Outman. 2018 seventh rounder out of Cal, 6'3", 215. Uh, good size. He actually was a, apparently a linebacker in high school. Not the usual like quarterback thing that you see, but a linebacker in high school. Uh, went to Sacramento State and then Cal. But 125 games between AA and AAA, 294, 393, 586, 31 home runs, 69 extra base hits in 125 games, so better than one every other game, 70 walks to 152 strikeouts, 13 to 17 on stolen bases. So what he does really well, first, obviously, defensively, he's a fantastic athlete. Speed's above average, arm is, I'm sorry, speed is plus, arm is plus, and the defense is plus. He has very good reads, routes, and reactions, and he excels going backwards, going towards the fence, and then scaling the fence, you know, the timing, the vertical leap, 
all very good. Not a thing we really talk about a lot with outfielders, but it is definitely a part of his game is the ability to go to the wall, um, have the understanding of where he is on the field and make the play to rob the home run. Uh, Offensively, swings a little long. And so you have the natural issues that come with a long swing where you're going to struggle with elevated fastballs and things like that. He also seems to struggle against breaking balls. I don't think he's ever going to be a super high average guy, but the power the power is is real. He simplified some of the 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 hand stuff and the leg stuff in his swing so that it can get quicker into the zone um, and more power into that swing. And so the plate coverage is better with the with the better swing and the getting power into games is better. I think that he's a guy that you could see. He'd be a little bit of a lower batting average, uh, but high power guy. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking something around, he's probably going to bat 260 in the bigs, but be able to give you 25 home runs while playing plus defense in the outfield. Not really huge on stealing bases, which was surprising to me when I've watched, again, 13 to 17 last year and 125 games. Got four games in the bigs, incredibly small sample size, 462 562, 846. Again, incredibly small sample size. Hard to take that at face value, but just uh, he did really well in that little uh, opening sample. And he's going to go to spring training with a chance to uh, be the starting center fielder. He'll probably be in a platoon situation versus the everyday starter because of the issues with the swing uh, and some of the handedness stuff. But Either way, very promising player, somebody a lot of teams have asked for in trades and they refuse to include him because they believe in him. A little bit of swing improvements and he could absolutely take off. Fantastic week this week. Uh, It's going to be a little bit of a shock going from the Dodgers today to the San Diego Padres farm system tomorrow. They've shipped a lot of talent out of this system in the last couple years, but Still some promising players there. In the meantime, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions in, in the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.